So I want to take a couple minutes, of course, to honor some mothers uh, before we get into the sermon. And of course, first of all, is my beautiful wife, Jessica. Let's just honor her this morning, mother of my children. And then next to her is her mother, my mother-in-law. And uh, a lot of you don't know a lot about her, um, but she, you know, she is just your ultimate cheerleader. Um, she just is, she just never, ever, ever thinks that her kids could fail ever. Even if she sees them fail, she's like, they didn't fail. I'm like, no, they're smeared on the ground. They're definitely failed. <laughs> and, um, and so she's just so life-giving and, and affirming. And so uh, we honor both of you today. Amen. Amen. So mother, being a mother is, and even being a parent is really funny. It, it, it puts you in funny situations and, and it, it puts you in hilarious, really, circumstances. So I brought a few tweets that I got offline about parenting and being a mom. I love this one. It says, it's when my son yells at me that the blueberries go in the waffles, not on the waffles, that I realize he's not paying me nearly enough. Every time we drive by her school, my eight-year-old shouts, hi, school, I miss you. You probably can't hear her over me screaming, I miss you more. <laughs> my three-year-old put postage stamp stickers. Uh, my three-year-old thought postage stamp stickers uh, were stickers and put $30 worth all over her shirt. I didn't even yell. I just mailed her out. 93% of parents' time at the pool is spent watching this and adjusting goggles. All my kids do is fight with each other and eat. It's like my Facebook feed in 3D. Hell hath no fury like a woman who thinks her phone is charging only to find one of her kids have unplugged it. Amen. Way back when I thought, way back when I thought technology would look more like flying cars and less like me yelling, the laptop is not a touch screen. <laughs> so parenting is hilarious. It puts you in unbelievable situations and, and you're just like, I can't believe this is my day. Um, but it's important for us to pay attention to it. There's always a message in all of it. Um, and so I'm going to give you an example. We'll have a little fun with it. Um, but I, I picked up a truth uh, through one of our Disney trips. We love going to Disney World, Disneyland. We just, we love it. We, we were at a church conference and we realized that like right behind this, the street behind our conference was Disneyland. And so we went there and it was awesome. And they gave us a needle and we put it in our arm and we never looked back. And we just, we were, it's totally in us. And and we love it. And so um, literally our life, you know, at the beginning of the year, when it comes to our finances, we're like, we put the kingdom first, what God wants to do, our tithe, what we want to do, helping other ministries. And literally second on the list is how we're going to get to Disney World. I mean, the mortgage doesn't matter that much. Certainly not groceries. We'll find a way to keep grass clippings and boil them. We'll all eat somehow. <laughs> But Disney, we just love it. We love the experiences of it. So I'm going to share a few of them with you. Uh, we'll start off with my son, Charlie. Um, he, this is him, the little guy in the red with that smirk. Um, for those of you that don't know, this is Anna. She's the Disney princess who is the sister of Elsa, and they're in a pretty popular movie uh, called Frozen. If you don't know anything about that, I would like to know where you live, because, like, how have you avoided it all? I'd like to move to your neighborhood. But anyway... So this is them, and so uh, how you know the Disney princess thing at Disney World is like all about the princess, and you just got to go experience, and like we got to see the, but my son was having none of that whatsoever, and the funny thing that he was doing is he wanted to be in the picture, but he was not about to give him the smile or any of the anything. I think he really just wanted to mess up his sister's pictures, and so this is him looking back at me like now, like, 
watch what I'm about to do to Anna. Watch this. This is all scheme. And he's about two and a half years old right here. It's one of those awkward as a dad, like, I'm not sure if I'm about to be really proud or... (laughs) And so next slide, once he gets up to Anna, nothing. She is giving it to him. He's like, no. Some of you have been on that date before. (laughs) But, uh, But he's like, no way, not having it, Anna. Next slide. And just still nothing. Next slide. She's finally like, this isn't working. He's like, this isn't working. How do we end this? Um, next slide. All together, it just made the best. He was not having it. He was not having it. Not hooked in the whole thing. And uh, just hilarious. But observing it all, I'm watching, and you actually even see how culture is kind of programmed, especially young girls. And again, I just want to say to every person in this room today, whether you're a mom or soon to be a mom or down the road going to be a mom, uh, the truth is all throughout Scripture, uh, we're called, whether you have children or not, to be a spiritual father or a spiritual mother to a generation. You may have had kids, they may be out of the house, they may whatever, but literally if you came to this room this morning and you were a part of the setup team and you put things together for this church to work and happen so that kids could be ministered to in the second floor, you have some type of spiritual father or mother thing happening. Are you with me? And so really we're all kind of in this parenting thing to a generation. And so I want to say to every person in the room, even dads, these truths that we're going to talk about, even though I'm aiming them at moms today, they're truths for all of us. And, uh, and so uh, I want us to take hold of it. But I noticed this one thing about princesses and Disney princesses and the culture saying like, hey, to be a Disney princess and to be a princess. Uh, there's even a song about it. And I almost halfway sang it to my failure, even though my mother-in-law said I wouldn't have failed, um, to my failure. <laughs> Uh, there's even this one, I think it's Snow White, she's singing like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting on my prince. And there's this mindset of like, I will come into my own. I will finally be a real thing when my prince comes and makes me into who I'm supposed to be. Are you tracking with me? Like if I just wait on the right thing to come and be my identity, then truly like my time will have come instead of saying, no, who I am now is enough because I'm created and I have a purpose and a destiny and a call and I can be secure in who I am now before the prince comes in. Are you with me? And I think we need to catch that. We need to catch that as women, right? Women, we need to catch that. I have a hard time preaching this sermon because I talk like that. So here's the deal. So this idea, okay, right, of like, oh, my identity will be found when this thing finally happens. No, God's called you to be, be brave and be bold and be confident in who he created you to be. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning is the bravery of motherhood, the bravery of being a mom, how brave you are and all that it takes to accomplish what you accomplish. So as a parent, I'm observing and I'm watching this thing happen. And one of the things that makes me really proud of my daughter is her bravery. Her favorite Disney princess isn't the one waiting for her prince. She loves Belle. She loves all them. But this is Merida from the movie Brave. And what I love about Merida is when culture tries to tell her, oh, no, you need to be like everybody else. Oh, no, you need to get in line. Merida says, no, I was trained and destined in purpose to be an archer. I'm kind of preaching the movie here. But Culture was telling her, you can't shoot arrows. You can't be a thing. You, can't, you need to be like all the other ones. You need to be the label that we're telling you to be. But not Merida. I'm not emotional for Merida. I'm, Mer- I'm emotional for my daughter. 
Like, he does love Disney. He wasn't kidding. That guy loves Merida. <laughs> but her shirt says, be brave. In her mindset, like, she's drawn to it because she loves that, that be brave. She loves that mindset. And then I begin to think about how God views his children. And this is my purpose of showing you all of this. I would say this, what makes you the most happy or brings you the most joy as a parent is seeing your children take a step of bravery. Think about it. What gets you so happy? First word, first step, first going to go talk to another child or all these steps and advancements that we see our kids take, the things that give you great joy and give you that butterfly and make you so proud are when we see what? Kids be brave and take steps of advancement. Do you know God's heart is the same way? The thing that makes him so happy and so proud of you and so is to see us take ground and be all who he called us to be. So moms in here, I'm telling you, the greatest thing you can do, the greatest thing to, to please your heavenly father is to be somebody who doesn't allow themselves to live in an insecurity or a comparison or whatever culture tells you, but be somebody brave. This generation needs you to stand up and be brave. Amen. The word bravery is awesome here. It, uh, it says this, to be brave is to endure or face unpleasant conditions or behavior that describes being a mother <laughs> amen to endure or face unpleasant conditions or behavior amen are you with it nobody i guess we have the wrong kids <laughs> but motherhood in itself is extreme bravery i come home from work and i talk to jess about her day she's like oh yeah my day is going good she's like you know but this thing is going on my hips are definitely she's pregnant by the way you all should know this she has about seven or eight weeks left of her pregnancy. And I come home and I get reports. Oh, yeah, my hips right now, they're expanding, breaking. And she talks about it like it's normal. I'm like, do we have to go to the hospital? Like, oh, and then she's on the phone with her other friends. Yeah, I think this is happening and that is happening. I'm like, those things shouldn't happen to you. Also, just like having a human on the inside of you shouldn't happen to you, you know. But the extreme bravery that we see moms take in this. It's really inspiring, and it's also how God created you to live all of your life. That bravery, that boldness, that courage that you have when you step into being a mom and pregnancy and the whole process, that's how God wants you to live every day of your life you face. Amen. Motherhood is, there's no, there's no braver act than motherhood, in my opinion. Some of the other definitions for brave is to endure or to put up with or to withstand to suffer through, to face, to confront, or to defy. That's what moms do the best. They don't quit. They don't get uh, thrown off when circumstances don't look perfect. They endure, they defy. Another translation for the word bravery is courageous behavior or character. It's courage, nerve, daring, fearlessness, audacity, boldness, heroism, backbone, grit, and spirit. That describes a mom. Are you with me? Amen. Come on, dads. you got to help me out. Are you with me? Amen. It's this bravery of the mom. It's God. God created you that way. He wired you to be that way. And so don't let culture make you insecure. The number one thing that women say they struggle with is comparison. Saying, I can't be this because that person does it better than me. It's kind of the opposite of bravery. It's saying, I can't be that because somebody else is or somebody else is doing it better than me. So I surely can't be brave because that person... It's the number one thing the enemy is using to destroy what God wants to do in moms and in women. Amen. We got to stop comparing. We got to be brave. There's a chart of the word brave used throughout history. 
You can see back to the 1800s, it was commonly used, they said, in newspapers, books. They did a chart of all of its usages. But you see when you get how it's fallen all the way to around the year 2000, what we've ended up doing in culture is we've stopped talking about being courageous and bold and brave in what we do. Instead, we replace courageous with words like comfort. Everything we want to do is about comfort. What can you do to make your life easier and more simple? And I'm thankful for technology and advancements that help us make things more simple. But if it's programming us to be people who just hide out, then we're missing it by a mile. Amen. We can uh, get rid of that chart. And so I'm saying for us as a people, we need to be at the other side of it, especially moms. You have a right. You are called. You do have a great purpose to be brave and step out into all that God has called you to. Let's not retreat and hide back in what culture says. Build a culture of being a diva who just looks to be served and have everybody else do things for their comfort. No, let's be brave and make a difference. Amen. So I thought about my wife and the staff of this church, the women who are on staff at this church, and I thought about her. Literally, this church is birthed completely out of her bravery. At the transition time of us leaving a church that we were a part of that was highly dysfunctional to coming to plant this church, I had the opportunity to just take another position in California. So we left that, you know, we resigned from that church because of the dysfunction that was happening there. And I had a surefire job that we could go to in California. But Jess kept saying this stuff with a little three-month-old daughter at the time. Little three-month-old daughter at the time. She's saying, no, we got to plant this church. You're called. We need to do this. It's time. Great bravery is the reason you're sitting in this room. And I'm telling you, I prayed. God, help her with her stupidity. She doesn't understand <laughs> how hard it is to start a church and how mean people are in West Michigan. And, you know, she doesn't get it. <laughs> but great bravery is the reason your lives have been affected. The truth about Jess is it takes great bravery to deal with me every day. Good, you just laughed. Other people in the first service said amen. So you understand. You understand it was a joke. You understand other people... But it takes great bravery as a pastor's wife to deal with some of you. Amen. That one wasn't a joke. <laughs> but the, the position of a pastor's wife, you think you know, but you have no idea what it takes. She walks in great bravery every day, every hour. Amen. If I could tell you this, uh, even five months ago, maybe just a year ago, um, certainly a couple years ago, if I would have invited her to the stage and asked her to just tell people her name, she literally would have peed on the stage. She would have just, <laughs> it would have been just an embarrassment and because uh, she just doesn't talk in front of people. But because she's a woman of bravery, she's literally positioned her life to say, I'm not going to live in a place of security or insecurity or whatever. I'm going to go for all that God has. And she's literally submitted herself to counseling and teaching saying, I want all that God has for me. And now she preaches to our women. Amen. Give it up for her. Great bravery. I'm so thankful for the women on our staff. I think about Elena Boonstra, who's our outreach director, came into my office one day with great bravery and said, I believe that God wants us to be a part of a ministry that eliminates hunger in children in the school. Think about that. She's, all of these women I'm about to mention are all moms. They all could have focused on their own kids and been about their own thing, but they had a heart of bravery to see God do something in our city. 
I thought about Sam over here who is playing keys. She's our connections director. She uses great bravery every single month as she tries to put together almost our 160 volunteers to make this place come together. And the reason I say it's great bravery is because she uses planning center to do it. (laughs) And planning center requires great bravery because she sends out a thing that says, hey, block out your dates when you can't serve. And then when you do block them out, then she can schedule you. But then what actually happens is we say, hey, block out your dates. And then you don't. And so then you're available to us and we schedule you and then you decline us. And it takes great bravery for her to not murder people because I'm coming from my office like murder them. That's three times this year. You can. And I'm like, God called us to smite people all the time. And this planning center stuff deserves it. (laughs) But the truth, but the truth about Sam is literally the, the vision that she has to see God's body come together and make a difference in the community is incredible, especially also considering she once had a brain tumor. The doctors told her she was going to be wheelchair bound for the rest of her life. If anyone has the right to say, hey, I need to focus on me and I just need to hold up and hold back, she has the right to say that. But instead, she's always charging forward and calling people to their best. She's a part of our prayer team and she teaches in our classes. What an incredible amount of bravery. Amen. I thought about Vanessa, our children's director, Uh, does an incredible job, literally also as a parent, has her own kids to raise, but literally oversees hundreds of fifth grade and under children in this place in a month, coordinates the curriculums and the teachers and all the things that need to go in place so that kids can come through those doors and experience the love of God for many of them the first times in their life. Incredible bravery to believe that she can make all that happen. What's also awesome about it, I didn't say this in first service, but I'll say it here. The first time I ever met her, I asked her as she began to describe, we were out to dinner, the four of us, Ryan, her incredible husband. We were together and we were talking about the kingdom of God and the things of God. And uh, basically, she's a teacher. Um, She's not perfect. She graduated from Michigan State. But... uh, (laughs) But she's talking about all the stuff that she wants to do and passion she has in her life. And she's describing kids. And I said to her, I said, hey, would would you ever see yourself maybe being like a a children's minister or somebody? And I'll never forget the day that she kind of dropped her head. And she said, I've never saw myself worthy of that. But from that day forward, she took step after step after step of bravery. And God has made her one of the most incredible children's ministries, not only in our state, but I would argue in our country. Amen. Amen. Same thing for her. Same thing for her. When I've asked her to speak uh, in front of people, um, she very nicely looks at me. She's like, yeah. And then I think, like, I really can see the steam as she walks angrily about, like, and not really angrily, but just I can't believe he asked me to do it. But now she just, like Jess, speaks to our women with such bravery and boldness. Why? Because moms and women, I'm telling you, that's how God created you to be bold, not to be people who hide in the back. Amen. I think about Maddie, our worship leader. She's not yet a mom, uh, but I can tell you this. As of two weeks ago, she's recently engaged. Give it up for Maddie. Ben is in the back back there in the blue shirt, and uh, we are so proud of them and love them. Uh, But I even thought about her life. Though she hasn't stepped in as a mom, but as a woman, the first time I ever met her, she was 15 years old, leading worship to her peers, other teenagers in a house that just had one room where people held youth group. And she worshiped like she, she led worship like she was in front of tens of thousands with all of her heart and all boldness. 
it's incredible to see God use people who step out. Amen? The problem with culture is if something is meant to be, the devil always does a good work, the enemy always does a good work to try to make it not be. So he's going to try to make that, that, that play or use that position of, of working the opposite. So if you actually look at young girls' lives, you could actually see where the attempt is to mask their bravery or hide their bravery or cause them to hide beside, behind something else. And again, I'm not against all these things that I'm about to mention, but isn't it interesting at a very young age, we start saying things like, oh, you got to get into makeup, conceal, right? You got to get into makeup. You got to make it about your appearance or fashion. You got to make it about your appearance or your accessories and jewelry and the right wardrobe. And you, and you make the identity about the thing that you make up instead of the braveness of the thing that you actually are. Isn't it interesting that that happens even at a young age? As a youth pastor, I heard it all the time. So many young girls would say, I'll just finally be happy when I finally get a boyfriend. I'll just finally have an identity. I can finally hang with the right people. I can finally, if I just get this boyfriend. But it's not a truth. You can be fully happy and be all that God has called you to be when you're living in the brave, bravery, the braveness that God has called you to be. Amen. Snapchat filter is another thing. We say, oh, you got to filter it. you got to hide behind something. But God has called you to be all that you're called to be, who, who you are. Amen. Uh, I thought about this. And again, I'm not against Snapchat. I don't know how to use it. It's the only reason I don't. I'm an old man. You know, like I go home and put on sweatpants up to here and, like, complain about where the remote went. You know, like that's. So Snapchat, all those. Again, I'm not against any of those things. But I'm just saying when we try to put our identity or we get our boldness from something that's not real, it's not going to. It's, it's not going to fulfill you. There'll still be that hole. There'll still be that emptiness. When we hide behind those things that we think satisfy, we all know that those things leak. And you can only be filled in the fullness of God. Amen? So be brave in that, ladies. That's why Luke chapter 18 does this thing where it says, uh, Jesus, all the young kids were running up to Jesus, and some of the religious people were like, get those kids back. And Jesus says, hey, don't hinder those kids from running to me. Don't hold them back. Don't push them back. Don't get them to hide behind anything. Don't get them to let them be raw and bold and brave and come to me with all of who they are. That's God's design for us as kids from the beginning. Amen? That's why it was really dangerous when the enemy tried to do this in church. He tried to get the women to remain silent. You've all heard that before, right? There's a scripture that says and there's proper order about women in church. But it, he tried to, the enemy tried to completely eliminate women from leadership roles of church. Are you with me? Why? Because God created them to have great boldness and bravery. They bring something to our body. They're life givers. Amen. You were created on purpose for a purpose. Psalm 139.14 says this in the voice translation. It says, I will offer you my grateful heart. Moms, this needs to be your, your scripture. I will offer you my grateful heart for I am your unique creation filled with wonder and awe. You're filled with wonder. You're a wonder woman. You literally, I'm not going to get into a, a cheesy superhero kind of parallel, but you're a wonder woman. You were created with wonder. You're filled with awe. You're unique. We have to stop comparing because God made you unique. Amen. The Wonder Woman theme song does go like this though. It says, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, all the world's waiting for you and the power that you possess. 
that's for you moms, that's for you women today, is literally this world is waiting for you and all the power you possess. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, now the world is ready for you and the wonders you can do. That's what God is saying to you, I believe. You as a mom, you as a woman, you as somebody who God has called to be brave and to be bold, God, this world is waiting for you. Amen? We see it here in Genesis, which is the beginning. If we're, and I'm, I'm closing up here in a minute, but we see it in Genesis, back to the beginning. Uh, you want to look at proper order and what God thinks? You start at the beginning. beginning. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, the bad job that we've done in church is said that God made Eve to be Adam's help. And we treat it like the help, like a servant, like a slave to the man. Like all you're supposed to do is just be alongside us to provide for us. That's not what this actual translation means. You're not called to be the help. You're called to be a helper. That's why God took a rib of the man and gave it to create Eve. Why? Because you're called to be alongside each other, not one in front of the other. Are you with me? together. Amen. But the Greek, the Greek word for helper here is ezer, E-Z-E-R. And it means this, it is somebody who brings life or is to the rescue to save in times of difficulty. So if you look at this again, it says this, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make you somebody who can bring life, who can rescue, who can save in times of difficulty. How many know that's what our moms do? They come in and rescue and they bring life. And you as moms have birthed life. That's your role is to bring life and to come in and make things better, to rescue. Amen. I would say this to you moms, refuse to believe anything other than bravery. Even the way that you talk to yourself has to be of boldness and bravery. You wouldn't talk to your friends or to somebody else the way that you talk to yourself. You have to stop doing that. The way you talk down to yourself the way that you beat yourself up. You would never speak that way to somebody else. Stop doing it to yourself. Amen, everybody. God can work with everything that you have. You just have to trust him. God can turn your disaster piece into a masterpiece. Just be brave and believe that he can do it. Amen? I thought about it like this. Do you think it's a coincidence or do you think it's a mistake that the majority of the women in the Bible are brave? So God's like, hey, I want them to know a way. I want them to see my will. I want them to have my heart. So I'm going to make sure they have this book that lays it all out for them. And as you skim through the pages, you read every book, you read everything about women, and all of them are these characteristics of great, brave women. Why? Because he wants our women and our moms to be people who are brave. Amen? And there's a process of honor, and there's a process of all of that stuff that matters, and that is in Scripture. But our heart needs to be saying yes to God and going with him. Amen? I think about Esther. I think about Mary. I think about Rahab. I think about the one woman who had the issue of blood, and she literally took a step of bravery and touched the hem of Jesus' gar uh, garment and believed for her healing. It was a huge thing in that time to take an act like that and, and do bravery. The Shunammite woman believed for her pr promised child, she wanted to have a kid, and she went to Elisha the prophet and said, I'm believing God for a child, has that child, and it dies. And she boldly marches her way in town, finds him, and says, listen, you got to fix this situation in what? Great bravery. Not great insecurity, not great timidness. All these people, women we read about in Scripture who are our leaders are women of bravery. God is calling you to be a brave woman. Amen? I'll close with this thought. There's this teaching and way of growing up as a Jewish child and it went like this. Many, 
in Jesus' time, Jesus went through the same thing as well. Uh, you would go through these stages of learning to be a rabbi. The ultimate goal was to be a rabbi. Uh, they had the Torah, which was the uh, beginning of scripture. Uh, and so they would break down their understanding of the Torah, and it would be called their yoke. And so it was very important that the kids that learned under you that were going to carry that on got it the way that you had it. And so they would have these stages, much like our schooling, where you would grow, you know, elementary and get into junior high. And you were, again, learning to apprentice to be this kind of rabbi. And so what ended up happening is if you didn't have it good enough, if you weren't sharp enough, if you couldn't hold on, if you didn't have it, what, what was needed, the rabbi would say, hey, go be about your business, go back to the family business. You know, you don't have what it takes to make it. And he would send you on your way. But if it got to the point where you've advanced through all the stages and it was time for you to choose the rabbi that you were going to sit under, when that rabbi was teaching, you would go and sit at his feet during his teaching. And it symbolized and it meant this one thing like, hey, I'm giving my life to your, to your teaching, to your way, to your leadership. I'm all about this and not about all the other things that are happening. I've made my, sit, my decision. What's interesting is we find in Mark chapter 10, verse 38, it says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to them. Martha, she had a sister, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. She made the symbol. She went and sat at his feet and said, listen, I'm willing to give my life to your story, to your message, to you. I'm all in, in great bravery. I wonder if this is the first time a woman has ever done it. I actually even wonder what Jesus is going to say then about a woman saying, hey, I'm going to follow your story and I'm going to give my life to your ministry. Well, let's pick up on it. Martha was distracted. or So she had a sister and then she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord Jesus' feet listening to what he said. But Mary was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came and asked him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus responds, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Awesome picture of Jesus' heart for women. He wants them with her, with him. He wants them near doing the work, being brave, making a difference in his world. Amen. What I also love about it is he says, look, there's a lot of things you could be about, but this is the most important thing, sitting at my feet. Fashion is fun. All those other kinds of things that, that draw your attention and, and, and all, all that stuff is fine and it is fun, but it doesn't come in front of sitting at the feet of Jesus, taking bold steps to wholly give yourself to God. Are you with me? I believe we're called to sit at the feet of Jesus over the feet of what's trending. We need to be about what God is doing and not about all what culture and other people and other things in our communities are saying. We gotta keep it about the mission of what God has called us to, amen? So we know the story of the children of Israel where they're being led out by Moses and he ends up not being able to take them to the promised land. And so the mantle gets passed over to this guy, Joshua, and Joshua is the one who brings them into the promised land. So the children are led into their promise and there's like a theme song that gets said all throughout their story. I'm gonna read it to you in a minute, but I want you to catch what I'm saying when I'm kind of just messing with this a little bit. The children were led into their promise with this theme song. So children, the leader, Joshua the leader, had this theme song over his life as he was leading the children to their promise. What I'm trying to tell you is, as a mom, as a parent, even as a dad this morning, 
as you're leading your children to the promise, God still wants this theme song over your life. And it reads like this in Joshua 1, I believe verse 8. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Mom, mother, in every insecurity, as you're leading your children to the promise, remember that God is saying, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's the theme song over how we lead our children into their promise. Don't hold insecurity. Don't hold comparison. Don't hold on to all those things that steal your joy and your energy. Hold on to the fact that he said you can be strong and courageous and you can be without fear. Amen? I think it's important for us and especially for moms to arise for a generation when a generation says, why don't we just let somebody else? This, this culture of comfort. Oh, I wanna make it about me and I wanna be a diva and I wanna let somebody else do my thing. And no, let's be a people who stand up and, and, and march and make a difference and proclaim that God is good and he's got a plan and you're there to help. Amen. I really wanna pray over all the moms today. And then we have one more thing we're gonna do before we leave, but really want you to hold on to this because I know the enemy, he really tries to, devalue and deconstruct the work that you're doing. He tries to make you think it's just about diapers or meals that the kids aren't really going to eat anyway or laundry or cleaning. Try, try, tries to make it all those kinds of things. But God wants you to know like even in those things he's so proud of your bravery. Just like me as a dad, looking down on my daughter, seeing her take acts of, of bravery and steps toward, it makes me so proud. God is so proud of you and what you instill in your kids and the prayers that you pray. All, all of it's worth it because God sees you being so brave and leading a generation, amen? So why don't we all bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm gonna pray over you, but I really want you to just hold this blessing and hold this idea that you were created brave and God made you that way. So let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for every mom in here. Lord, I thank you that as we saw in Genesis, God, you created them to be people who bring life and save life and come to the rescue. Lord, I thank you that comparison and insecurity doesn't have a place in our, in our lives because you've called us to be strong and courageous and be without fear. Lord, I pray that you make it obvious to every mom uh, the steps that they're being brave and that they're making a difference and that uh, they're equipping the next generation to walk into all that you have for them. God, bless them, Lord, with strength and encouragement and nourishment. God, I pray that uh, you just show them that every seed planted, your word promises, as we train up children in the way they should go, that they will not depart. Lord, I thank you that every seed planted is going to come to good fruit in time. In Jesus' name, amen.